kautta. So it's always good practice to never speak in generalities when you're talking about a group of people, but here we go anyway. We're going to do that. There is a big difference between men and women, right? We're very, very different. We experience things. We see things in a very, very different way. And sometimes you can say certain things about men and women in a general sense, and you can go, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of true. For example, us guys, we, we kind of struggle to admit we're lost when we're driving. Despite what the Garmin may be telling us, we feel very confident in our way. And sometimes as guys, we're a little stubborn when it comes to home repair. Why should we pay somebody when we can do it ourselves? And we end up typically doubling the cost of what that renovation would be. And I could go on and on about this, but I really just wanted to show you. And I want to show you a video. And, and ladies, maybe this is something that is familiar to you because this is your husband. And guys, maybe this is us. And if it is, just put your head down and pray nobody looks at you. So why don't we go ahead and we'll run the video and you can decide. So does that seem familiar to anybody, right? You know, maybe guys, that's us, or, or maybe ladies, that, that's your husband. But, you know, sometimes as guys, we can be a little stubborn, and we think that we can do it, or we think that we can figure this out. And, and the truth is, sometimes all of us are stubborn, guys and girls. We can all be stubborn in life, and sometimes we don't even realize it. We can become kind of hard-headed even towards God. Sometimes we think we don't need God or we think we've got it all figured out and we can become so hard-headed towards the things of God that hard-headedness will lead to hard-heartedness. And when we have a hard heart towards God, we cannot be all in as a Christ follower. God tells us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind and 
love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we aren't loving our neighbor, then maybe we're hard-headed or hard-hearted. So we're going to take a look at Scripture today from the book of Hebrews. If you want to look up Hebrews, open up your Bibles, bring it up on your phones, or look up on the screen, we'll have it. We're going to look at Hebrews 3. The book of Hebrews, in an overarching sense, talks about not just the person of Christ, but the works of Christ. It talks about how Jesus is superior to all of the Old Testament thinking, Old Testament prophets, Old Testament institution. And it talks about how you and I need to persevere and trust God's Word. So we're going to read Hebrews 3, starting at verse 7. So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness when your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry at that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We've come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold to our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they that heard and rebelled? Were they not all that Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was, the, and whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. The author of Hebrews is comparing the generation he's writing to, to the generation that Moses led out of Egypt, out of slavery. And what he's doing is he's really recalling Psalm 95. And Psalm 95 says the exact same thing that we've looked at here, and it's a warning. It's a warning to the people of God then, it's a warning to the people the author of Hebrews is writing, and it's a warning to us today about disbelief. That when we don't believe the Word of God, when we don't believe the promises of God, there are serious consequences. Look, you can believe in God intellectually. This is not about uh, an atheist who says, I don't believe there's a God. This is not who this is to. This is being written to people who say they believe in God. So you may have accepted God intellectually that you can say, I know there's God. I know he created the heavens and the earth. I know the Bible's about God. This is about saying, do you believe God in your heart? Have you accepted Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior? Do you believe that you're a sinner and that Jesus died on the cross for your sin? So what the author is saying here is there's a warning that if you choose not to believe that God sent his one and only son to die on the cross for your sins, if you choose to believe that you don't have to love other people, you only just have to love God, then you are fooling yourself. The Bible has so many warnings in it about disbelief. The Bible throughout from Genesis to Revelation, it warns people if you choose not to believe the word of God, the will of God, and the way of God, there is a consequence to that. And it's a very serious consequence. But if we're honest, most of us walk around and say, I'm good with God. I can't tell you how long I thought I was good with God. 
God and I had an understanding. God understood that it was on my terms. I said, God, here's our relationship. I'm going to do what I want. You're not going to bug me. But when I have a problem, I'm going to call you, and you got to be ready. God, I'll read my Bible when I have a minute. We don't understand that. Sometimes we become so hard-headed towards the truth of God. And nobody thinks they're hard-headed. Nobody's aware that they're hard-headed. But all of us can be so hard-headed when it comes to the word and the will and the way of God. And if we don't recognize that, it will lead to us becoming hard-hearted. And then we'll never be able to fully follow Jesus. So I want to give you four ways in which maybe we can become a little hard-hearted that goes against the word of God. A little hard-headed. The first one is this. God says to worship, Hebrews 10, 25. But sometimes what is our response? You know, I am so busy. We got so much going on at the house and then the kids and then we're here and then we're there. And we don't think that that's a problem. God commands us to worship, but we say worship's not that important. Second, God says to pray. But sometimes we go, you know what, God, I got this. I can handle this. I'm a smart person. I know how I can change my circumstances, my situation. I will take care of this, God. You take care of the big things. And we don't think that we need to pray constantly. And not just before meals. But pray in the morning. Pray in the afternoon. Pray at night. Third, God says to be in his word. We say, well, I'm a good person. I know what the Bible says. It just says to be a good person. And I am a good person. I'm a moral person. I don't rob banks. I don't do anything bad. I don't need to read it every day. I've heard all those stories. I grew up in the church. I don't need this. See, that's what leads to being hard-headed when we don't believe we need to be in the Word every day. And then here's the fourth one. God says His Word is our guide. That God's word will guide our marriages. God's word will guide our finances. God's word will define our, our parenting and everything in life. But we say, I know where I'm going. I've got a plan for my life. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to get this job, and I'm going to get promoted here, and then we're going to buy this house, and then we're going to go here, and we're going to do this. And all those things seem small. But all of them are showing that we are becoming hard-headed that we don't think we need to believe in the promises of God or obey the commands of God and still think we're all in. Well, I'm all in. I go to church most of the time or once in a while, I go. God wants us to be all in. And we can't be all in if we aren't in his word and in worship and in prayer. God commands us to do these things. And so the author here is saying... Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Don't reject the word of God. Because what that leads to is a rebellion. None of us like to admit, but we are rebellion against God. Adam and Eve rebelled against God, said, you can have anything in the garden, just don't eat that. And so what did they do? They ate that. We see the people of God that Moses led out. God led them out of slavery. And what did they do? They rebelled. They complained. They didn't do what God said. None of us likes to admit that we rebel against God. It's part of our sinful nature. But when we truly trust what the Bible says, that we truly understand who Jesus is, when we truly understand who we are, it changes everything. And so this is a text that is a warning. Do not rebel. Because what happened? They wandered for 40 years because of their disbelief. 
How many times do we feel like we're wandering through life? We go, gosh, where'd the time go? You know, I was just this age. Now I'm this age. Wow, I'm almost that age. And we just kind of wander through life because we've become hard-headed about the word of God, about the will of God, about the way of God. And that leads us to becoming hard-hearted. It says, I don't need God. God is getting in the way of what I want for my life. And so what do we do? How do we, how do we combat this? I want to share a dirty word with you. And it's a word that people don't like to hear, but we need to hear. You ready? Accountability. <gasps> we hate that word. Don't say it. The pastor said accountability. What's wrong with him? We're called. We're accountable to God. We may not want to think we're accountable to God, but we're all accountable to God. And if we're going to be all in, it's not just about being accountable to God. It's about saying, I have somebody in my life that will hold me accountable. Who's your accountability partner? Who's that person that could say, I, I think you're kind of getting a little hard-headed on this. I don't think you're looking at this the right way. See, we all need somebody to hold us accountable. Somebody who loves us enough that will speak truth into our life. Not going to judge us, not going to condemn us, but love us enough to say, hey, I, I think you're getting hard-headed when it comes to worship and you're not coming or I, I, you don't pray or you don't read the word. Like, I think you're getting a little hard-headed on this. You do need God. You do need to repent. See, we all need somebody in our life. And it's awesome if that's your spouse. But sometimes, can I be honest with you, it's even better if it's not your spouse. Guys, if you have a guy in your life that you can be real with, man, that's a blessing. Ladies, if you've got a lady in your life that you can be real with, that's a blessing. Somebody that will lovingly hold you accountable. That will say, I think you're starting to rebel a little bit against God. I, I think you're becoming hard-headed. See, we need to understand that we are accountable to God and accountable to each other in love. You know, for those of us that, that have kids, and no matter what age your kids are, and maybe this is breaking news to you, sometimes kids test their parents. Have you heard this? It's, it's, maybe it's a new thing. Clearly, we have never experienced this with our children. But anyway... Kids love to test their parents, right? They keep testing and they keep testing and they, and they keep pushing because they want to see how far they can go before you react. That's what the people of God were doing. They, they were pushing God. They were disobeying God. They were rebelling against God. They weren't listening to God. And God's like, you know, I've got a limit. And if you keep doing that, then you know what's going to happen? You will be excluded. Nobody likes to be excluded from anything. If you've ever been on the playground as a kid and you're the last one to get picked, you feel excluded. You know, today on social media, if you see everybody's having a party and you aren't invited, you feel excluded. Nobody likes to feel excluded. It's a terrible feeling to have. Can you imagine being excluded from the promised land? That's what happened. The Israelites were excluded from the promised land because of their disbelief. Because they said, I heard what God said, I just choose not to do it. I know what God commanded, but that doesn't fit into my life. And they were excluded from the promised land. For us, we'll be excluded from the kingdom of God. We're not just going to go to heaven because we think we should or because we feel we deserve it. We will be excluded when we don't listen to the word of God, when we don't obey the word of God. You know, when we don't listen to the word of God, you know what we're doing? We don't ever think of this consciously. We're declaring war against God. 
And now none of us would ever say, I'm not at war with God. I would never do that. But when we choose to hear what God commands and not do it, we are saying, God, I am at war with you. And so what happens is we develop this rebellious attitude, which leads to that exclusion. And, and we don't want to think that. But if we want to be all in, we can't do that. God commands us to be all in. So it says right here, during the time of testing, God said, they were testing his patience. They were seeing, how much will God give? How much can I get away with? Kids love to see how much they can get away with. We are those kids. And we kept pushing God. Well, let's see how long I can go without reading his word. Let's see how long I can go without worship. Let's see how long I can go without praying. Let's see how long I can go without forgiving people. Let's see how long I can go without really loving people. God says, there's a limit. Listen to what he says here. He said, the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all of the miraculous signs I have performed among them? How long? I call it the innocuous rebellion. Things that you think, well, that's not a big deal. You know, you don't stand up and say, God, it's me and you. Do you remember that movie Forrest Gump? Do you remember when Lieutenant Dan was at the top of the, of the boat up there and there's a big storm in life? And he says, is that all you've got? He was kind of declaring war against God. This is not what this is. This is the little daily choices that we make that say to God, I'm not going to do what you commanded. I'm not going to do what you say. And if we're going to choose that, then we're going to be excluded from the kingdom of God. And we're going to miss out on something that everybody wants. And Sarah had, had mentioned this this morning. It was just one of those Sundays where this morning when I, you know, our team was here setting up and I said to everybody, hey, how you doing? Literally every person went, man, I'm tired. Just, I'm tired. And, you know, a lot of people, it's just, you know, it's the, the weather or whatever it is. We can be tired. So the one thing that everybody wants is rest. We love some rest. But there's a difference between physical sleep rest and soul rest. Do you know what soul rest is? You have no stress. You have no anxiety. You have no worry. You have no fear. You have no doubt. All of that is replaced with joy and hope and excitement and peace. And that only comes in the kingdom of God. And if we are excluded from the kingdom of God, then we are excluded from that kind of soul rest. And I don't know about you, but I need me some soul rest. Not just soul food, but soul rest. Because we're all stressed. We're all tired. We're all overwhelmed. We're all overworked. We're all fearful. We're all anxious. We all deal with these things. And the only way we have soul rest is to say, Lord, I'm going to do what you tell me. And I'm going to be obedient. I'm not going to rebel against you, God. I mentioned the Forrest Gump movie and the ship and... Sometimes I feel like that's, that's the faith journey. I know for me, when I, when I first really came to live for Jesus, I felt like I was on a boat in the middle of a storm. And I was the only one on the boat. And, and I'm not good on water. And I'm trying to navigate a boat through a storm, and I don't know where I'm going. But what I came to realize was I'm not alone. 
There are people who will get on that boat with me. There are people who have been through this storm. There are people who will walk with me and say, hey, I'm going to get you to the shore and I'm going to get you there safely. That's why we need each other. That's accountability. That says, I will walk with you through this storm. See, the way that, that we get through life is not just loving God. It's loving each other. Walking with each other. Holding each other accountable through the storms of life. And so that's what this is about. This is a warning that says, if you, you better believe. Because disbelief has consequences. And, and if we're going to be all in, it's not just loving God. It's loving another to speak into each other's lives and say, hey, I'm worried about you. I kind of feel you're maybe rebelling a little against God. You're kind of hard-headed on what the truth of God's word is saying here. That's loving somebody. Nobody likes confrontation. But if you've got a relationship with another person, you can speak into their lives lovingly and say, I'm concerned about you. We should be as concerned about our own walk with Jesus as with others. We should care about one another's walk with Jesus. This text is a warning. It's not just a warning for those who are disbelieving. It's a warning for those who are believing and not acting. I want to bring your attention here to verse 13. It says this. But encourage one another daily. We talked about encouragement last week. I hope that, that you all participated in our encouragement challenge and just encourage people through cards and emails and face-to-face. -face. But it says, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Today. It's an interesting word, today. Today is not a 24-hour period as you and I understand it. Today is a period of grace between the ascension of Jesus and the coming back of Jesus. So what the author is saying is, you better get right today, because pretty soon today is going to become tomorrow. And tomorrow it's too late to get right with God. When Jesus comes back, that is not the time that you say, all right, now I'm ready to get right. Now I'm going to repent. Now I'm going to confess. Now I'm really going to be all in. When it becomes tomorrow, tomorrow is too late. And so the author here is saying, today you need to get right. Today you need to confess your sin. Today you need to ask Jesus into your heart. Today you need to be all in. Loving God and loving others. Investing in each other's lives. Today is the day. Everybody always thinks they have time. Everybody does. He said sin is deceitful. We, sin deceives us. It makes us think we've got the time or we're good with God or we're all in and we're just living just fine and, and we don't need to worry about anything. Sin is never so obvious to you. If it was, it'd be easy to avoid. Sin is so subtle and it's disguised as morality and religion and good works. Sin will deceive you and lull you to sleep to think that you're just fine. But what the author here is saying is today you have to get right with God. How do we do that? We invest in one another. We love God and we invest in one another. We hold on to the truth as we did in the beginning. That we trust the word of God. We believe the word of God. We do what the word of God says. It's a warning. If you've got any household cleaning products in your house... You keep them under your sink. There's a warning 
under there. If you've got little kids, you've got the locks that go on the door. It's a warning because you don't want your kids to get near those chemicals. And the companies don't want people to have those chemicals. It's a warning. You drive down the road and the bridge is out. You see flashing lights. It's a warning. We listen to those warnings because we don't want to go off the bridge and we don't want our kids to get sick. And God's word is saying, it's a warning. Are we going to listen? Today is the day. We must listen to the word of God. We must invest in one another. It's not good enough just to say, I love God, I'm good. We can't be all in if we just love God and we don't love one another. Loving one another means lovingly speaking truth into each other's lives. That's hard. It's hard. But if we're really going to be on, we have to lovingly say, hey, I'm worried that you're becoming a little stubborn on the things of God. I'm worried that, that maybe you're, you're, you're hard-headed when it comes to God's word. Like, he means it. Like, this isn't just to feel, he means it. And Jesus is coming back and all of us will be judged and we are all sinners and we all need to repent. Sometimes we get to a place we won't even admit we're sinful and sometimes we get to a place we won't even repent. That's when we're hard-headed and hard-hearted. Friends, I want to encourage you. I, I want you to hear what God is saying today. It's a warning that we need to get right with the word of God. I want to ask our worship team to come back up, and I want to end with a story. There is a 19th century theologian. His name is D.L. Moody. I think we've got a picture of D.L. Moody up there. D.L. Moody wrote many books, founded many things. Even today, the Moody Bible Institute out of Chicago is still a powerful force in the evangelical world. He used to end every single sermon. Go home, think about what you've heard. Come back tomorrow night ready to make a decision. He ended every sermon that way. So one Sunday night, he ended the sermon that way. That night, the great Chicago fire came. Many people that heard him say that perished in that fire. And they died. They never had the chance to make that decision. After that, D.L. Moody never ended a sermon like that. He said, today, make a decision. Today, make a decision on what you have heard. And so I want to ask you to do that today. I want to ask you to think about your journey to this moment in time right here today. Are you all in? Do you want to be all in? Do you want to recommit yourself to being all in? Do you want to say, I don't want to be hard-hearted and not take God's warning seriously. I don't want to be hard-headed and believe that the Bible or this text isn't applying to me, that I really want to do this. So I'm going to ask you to, to close your eyes and to bow your heads. And we're going to play some music. And I'm going to ask you to prayerfully just examine your hearts, to take a step back in your life and say, Lord, am I really all in? Lord, am I, am I being hard-headed about what your word says about, about worship and about prayer and about trusting you? And I'm going to ask you that if you've never made that commitment in any way and you want to make it today, to make your way forward up here to me. And we want to pray for you. 
Or maybe you want to recommit yourself to say, Lord, I kind of strayed. I kind of wandered. I've been wandering a little bit in my walk with you. But Lord, I want to recommit myself to being all in. And Lord, I want to love you and I want to love others. I want to recommit my life to doing that. I don't want to wait till tomorrow. I don't want to wait till next week. I don't want to wait till when school starts. I want to do it now. Lord, I want to do that. So I want to ask you prayerfully, take that step of faith and just come up here and we're going to pray for you.